City winner tennis podcast number two. Shane Ryan here with Ivan Ross. Ivan, how does life treat you? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for your robotic question. I'm doing great. Um, this is our second time. That's good to hear. In the recording studio. Um, are you, um, how are you feeling about the podcast so far? Are you thinking this is going to be an institution that runs for decades? Uh well, you know, I feel as though we got some positive feedback from uh, podcast number one. Uh, we also had some uh, <laughs> threats of legal action taken against us uh, by Sebastian Fingler for use of his image on our SoundCloud account. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, our lawyers are looking into that. And if we, if, if we can just uh, uh, by, bypass all that stuff, uh, then, yeah, I, I think we're in it for the long haul. I think if there's one lesson uh, we've learned in the current political era, it's that anytime someone criticizes you, you have to double down. You go, you yeah, you fight back harder when they go <laughs> when they go low. You you dig a hole. You double down. Uh, so this is now the Sebastian Fangler podcast, <laughs> starring me, Sebastian Fangler, and my co-host Sebastian Fangler. So Sebastian, why <laughs> why 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 are you such a jerk? <laughs> oh, it's just who I am. Just a classic, just a classic jerk. Uh, so I guess today, Ivan, we're going to talk about. We may have a new segment planned, but um, we, as we said the last time we recorded, it was before the season, before any results had come in, and so. Yeah, I guess today it's just uh, let's talk about what's gone down so far. We've had the vast majority of our week one matches played and uh, a couple of our, our first divisional matches played as well. So a, a bunch to talk about. Uh, and I'm willing to start literally anywhere. Uh, I Man, let's start with Sebastian Fangler. What do you say? <laughs> I will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Sebastian. <laughs> I love you. The only, really, the only reason we're doing this is because we know he's a great guy and he's great one of guy. the people. Great guy. He's one of the people you could do this to. Um, so Sebastian, this is the penalty of, of being someone we like. So Sebastian Fangler, um, let's see, he played his, his return to Bull City Winter Tennis, his glorious return. Week one was an interleague week and Sebastian Fingler from, uh, Klusterling North faced off against Paul Cox from Lemoyne North. And well, Shane, how'd that go? Well, Sebastian had every advantage. He uh, had the return narrative. He was playing at his home court at Hollow Rock Country Club, and Paul Cox uh, defeated him. Paul, 6'3", 6'4". Something else going against uh, against Paul and for Sebastian. Paul had just played uh, a little bit before that at single states in Goldsboro and had been so irritated by the presence of apparently a multitude of gnats on the court that he wrote to the North Carolina USTA officials uh, to complain about the quality of the venues. Not a joke. Well, I mean, they do call Goldsboro the Nat City. So in a way, he should have expected something. But no, maybe um, Ivan, maybe playing in adverse circumstances, sort of, you know, the way you would train by running through snow and mud for a, 
a race, by the time yeah, you're on right. normal ground, you feel great. If if you don't if you don't train by running through snow and mud, then Ivan Drago will, will never be defeated. <laughs> that's right. That's what the um, that's how the marathon guy just broke the two hour mark. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> pure mud training. Um, so yeah, that was a big win for Sebastian, but um, also just really nice to see. Um, I'm sorry, big win for Paul Cox. Oh, yes, but a big uh, a big sort of like. A little bit of joy for the league to see Sebastian Fangler back. Uh, it's great to have him back. Teeing it up in Bull City Winter Tennis. And, and, and it means more and more matches are going to be played uh, within the friendly confines of uh, Hollow Rock Swim and Racket Club, uh, uh, overseen by our main man, Christopher Jakes. Oh, Chris Jakes. Does he own Hollow Rock at this point? I think he does. He's got to be getting just, close. Just as we embezzle uh, all the Bull City Winter Tennis League fees, yep. Chris Jakes is embezzling left and right uh, from the likes of uh, uh, Sam Berger and whoever, and Sebastian Fingler and whoever else might be a member at Hollow Rock. That explains all his like gold jewelry that he wears to matches. Yeah, Chris yeah. Jakes is rolling in it. So, so that was an interesting result. Um, another one, Ivan. Before we get to current stuff that I wanted to bring up was Parker Sheridan. Um, playing a really good player in Eric Hall, who is going to get a lot of wins this year. And Parker beat him love and love. It was a double bagel. Um, Parker's a really, really good <laughs> tennis player, isn't he? Uh, yeah, apparently the man is uh, is good at tennis. Uh, hails from uh, Texas, or at least he went to Texas A&M. Uh, brews beer for a living. And somehow, I, I guess that translates into uh, uh, phenomenal tennis skills. Well, Ivan, would you say that when Parker is at the net, there's a lob that goes over his head? Does he have some hops? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right. So and here, here's a question about this result, because it's a really good one. Um, it might be an overreaction, but in your opinion, do you think Parker is now the favorite to win the league this year based on this week one? Uh, no. And that that's not a knock against Parker. I just don't think that you can uh, unseat or dethrone the king uh, without uh, a direct confrontation. So I'd like to see him go up against former champions like Lawrence or, or Chris or uh, even Michael Hieronymus. All right. Well, we've got your baby crying in the background now. As we yeah, can everyone hear that? <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll be able to pick it up lightly. I just want to give a shout out to Eliza. Um, so speaking though, she's fine. She's she doing just great. She can't get out of her cage. Don't worry. <laughs> there's a, there's a different adult looking after her. We haven't just <laughs> yeah, shut yeah. her out of the door. Um, oh yeah. Uh, there is one. So that was, uh, uh, a really remarkable and surprising double bagel result. Uh, I think we dug into the archives a little bit and determined that, uh, what, uh, what did we determine? The, the, uh, the last time, uh, oh no, no one has ever won by virtue of a double bagel in their BCWTL in the first match of their BCWTL career without going on to become a champion. Oh wow, is that right? Yeah, there, there something is, like that. There is something like that. I think Jake's was maybe the other one. Um, I think Jake's double bageled me, but it was technically a week one oh, match. Oh, 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 here we go, here we go. The only people to ever double bagel their opponent in week one of a Bull City match. Uh, 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 
either went on to win the championship or had already won a championship. There you go. All right. That's a good one. It's it's, it's sounding a little particular at this point, but whatever. Basically, yeah. Basically, he's he's put himself on the radar. Um, The rest of the league is on notice. Mm. Um, We talked about Lawrence Isaacs. Lawrence met up with Michael Hieronymus, a rematch of last year's championship. Um, This one was a little bit more ordinary. Lawrence won the championship 7-5-7-5. A lot of drama. He built up big leads in both sets before blowing them and then holding on to win. Uh, This one was 6-2-6-4. Good to see a a champion uh, start his title defense this way, Ivan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, you look at it from the other player's perspective and you would hope that, uh, uh, a disappointing result in week one will, will fuel Michael, uh, throughout the rest of the year. Um, we may not have seen the, the, uh, uh, the end of this rivalry, you know, uh, playoffs are nigh well, months away and we may yet see another Hieronymus Isaacs battle. Yeah, and I think if one thing proved, if one thing was proved by last year's playoffs, it's that um, there's no such thing as a coronation. Um, a week one match win is good, but it certainly doesn't spell doom for anybody. I mean, the way Michael made his run to the title last year, the way Tanita beat Jake's. I mean, there's a lot that there's a lot that changes uh, by the end of the season. So be- between, uh, uh, let's take two things into consideration. A Lawrence constantly hijacks the BCWTL email thread uh, for for his personal <laughs> gain without asking any permission, by the way. <laughs> and that B- would that would be a hard no from me. <laughs> yeah, this is proprietary email list. Uh, and B, he took the Hieronymus horn yes. and hung it from the net. Uh, you know, I didn't see anything in the uh, USTA friend at court regulations to suggest that that <laughs> is uh, a faux pas, but... I have emailed Kathy Baldwin asking for it to be added next year. And she definitely has authority to over that. <laughs> uh, uh, that's Kathy Reagan, nay Baldwin, Ooh, by yes. the way. Yes, yes. Um, so... Yeah, okay, so Lawrence beats Michael. Um, he hangs the trophy on as an act, we can only say as an act of intimidation. And uh, it really, it, it does kind of throw down the gauntlet for the rest of the league. However, in week two, in his first divisional matchup, Lawrence Isaacs has to face uh, one Mr. Al Pick. Oh. Yes, and Al Pick, uh, who we already know uh, is a really good player, big lefty, faced uh, fellow Southpaw Lucas Hubbard, former Bull City semifinalist in week one. And a pretty dominant 6-3-6-1 win over uh, a seasoned vet. So here we have another sort of in the Parker Sheridan category of, wow, this guy could really do some damage even the, in the, the North divisions. The, the, the narrative we've been used to of the league rookies uh, having slow starts, you know, because they're starstruck, they're, they're, they're <laughs> uh, uh, blinded by the bright lights of Sobo. Uh, that narrative is being reversed, and we've got Parker Sheridan and Al Pick uh, coming out on fire. Um, can we enter uh, the gambler's corner for a second here? Please. I'd like to think about that week two matchup between Al Pick and yeah, Lawrence yeah, Isaacs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who, you, who you got in that match? Man, I... I don't know. You know, you, There's no profit in doubting Lawrence Isaacs and yet, I still think Al Pick is going to win that match. I think Al's got a ton of skill. I feel like this Lawrence thing, eight-match winning streak, the pressure that's got to be getting to him, he's approaching some rarefied territory. I would say probably only Michael Hieronymus 
Matt Grayson and Chris Jakes have ever accomplished double digit wins, uh, straight wins, consecutive wins. So I, you know, I think uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I think Al Pick is going to uh, going to end that streak this week. Uh, and how much are you willing to wager? I, I have nothing but respect for Al Pick, but uh, I see Lawrence Isaac's, Isaac's uh, taking this one. I will bet you. Um, the the former bounty on Chris Jakes' head, which is one dollar and fifty cents, <laughs> and it temporarily went up to five thousand, I believe, when when Shane went out of town one day, uh, and I took over. Uh, uh, all right, fair enough. That's a dollar fifty, and we've shaken and done. Done. Um, before we uh, before we get to the South Division, uh, the other matchup in the North from Week One that we haven't talked about yet. Um, two players I played in the playoffs last year. One who I defeated, Aldrin Huacapara. Tyler Carroll, who beat me. However, Aldrin took down Tyler in what I would say was probably either the best or second best matchup of week one. Uh, 2 6, 6 2, 10 8. Um, anything to say about that? I mean, two good guys, two good players, and it seems like it would have been a great one to, to watch. And uh, uh, Aldrin um, went into even more detail about that third set tiebreak. It was it was uh, it was a game of runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tyler got out to a lead. Aldrin came back. I think Tyler, five, five one Tyler. Five start. one Tyler, and then Tyler had him eight six. I, yeah, I think Aldrin came all the way back to six five. Then it was eight six, and then Aldrin won the last and then four points. Won the last four points. Uh, really remarkable result. And I, it, you know, it 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 kind of tells you the kind of player that Aldrin is. If 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 his stroke happens to be on, uh, he's gonna win the point. Yeah, for sure. He's he's somebody who probably has the pretty or some of the nicest, most technically sound strokes. Especially at the net, but even even with his ground strokes of anybody, probably in the whole league. I, I think he is the most uh, Roger Federer-esque <laughs> yep. uh, player in the league in that he plays with very little margin for error, and it's real pretty when it works, and when it doesn't work... Yeah, well, he still wins 85% of the time. <laughs> but sometimes you can get him. Um, all right, so let's go to the South, and uh, here we talk about rookies versus veterans. Um, this one reversed the narrative from the North, where you had two matchups at the top we're looking at. Sean Blazer, a veteran, playing Kyle Aranda, rookie, and Steven Stark, um, sort of a veteran, played a couple matches last year, familiar with the league, uh, had to sit out a bunch with injury, but he was playing league rookie Michael Pornaras. And the veterans in this case, Blazer and Steven Stark, uh, both looked really, really good. It was 6-0, 6-4 for Blazer, and Stark won. Really, su- not surprising that Stark won. Surprising this was the score for me, 6-2, 6-2. Uh, over Michael, who we know is solid, you know, beat Paul Cox in USTA play. Um, yeah, really good player. Both of these results are very surprising. Both Blazer over Rand and Stark over Pornaras. I think we both agreed uh, during the pod, uh, recording of podcast number one that Pornaras was was uh, far and away the favorite to win the Lemoyne South uh, whip this year. Uh, and that's the division that I, Ivan Ross, uh, am in and uh, uh, controlled last year. Um I'll also say that I, I was looking at my uh, Venmo history uh, shortly after the Kyle Arend Sean Blazer match, and I saw that Kyle Arend, the very day that they played, uh, paid a man named Zachary Oppheim. I don't know how much, uh, but he paid him <laughs> for icon of a tennis ball 
lessons on Venmo uh, and then proceeded to lose the very next, the very first set he played after taking that lesson, Love Six. So uh, this segment has been brought to you by Tennis Lessons by Zachary Oppine. <laughs> what an endorsement. No, but you know what it's like uh, in professional golf, they say you don't go fix something on the day of the, of the round, of competitive round. You can't fix it that day um so maybe you know maybe taking a lesson always uh not always beneficial but i love that you dug into venmo i mean this is really hopefully only the start of some really deep investigative stuff that our listeners were not expecting um now you mentioned ivan lemoyne south jonathan black week one beats tj newton this is a little bit of a revenge for tj's victory over him in the playoffs last year beats him seven five two six ten six and then in the next week beats uh, Michael Pornaros in what looks like an amazing match, six four seven six seven three in that tiebreaker. So Jonathan Black all of a sudden uh, putting his name at the top of the of the ladder in Lemoyne South. What are you thinking about Mr. Black? Yeah, frankly, all of a sudden, uh, <clears throat> as a resident of Lemoyne South, I I don't want to meet any of my neighbors. Uh, Jonathan Black, least of all, uh, he is the only player in Bull City Winter Tennis League this year to have two victories. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He's only okay. yeah, one yeah. of the few to play two matches. The only one to have two wins. The only one to have two wins. <laughs> oh yeah, the only other person to play two matches is Michael. Yeah. Michael's the only one with two losses. We love you. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I got nothing to say about Black. He's uh, I've never seen him play. He seems like a nice, uh, nice fellow. Fellow I've, Duke employee. I've waved to him from across a room, and um, yeah, he's good. He's got a great backhand, and uh, that Lemoyne South, I would say, right now is looking like the most flavorful division of the entire uh, Bull City Winter Tennis because not only. You have Sean coming out um, blazing, as I said in my email. Not only do you have Jonathan with two wins, not only do you have you, last year's uh, not just whip winner, but last year's Kirschenfeld bullpipe winner, but you've got the man himself, Aaron Kirschenfeld, uh, who in week one came out and really laid waste to Vincent Pereja, 6-1, 6-1, double Oof. breadstick. Yeah. And I saw part of that match. Oh. Aaron was serving the light side of the ball. I mean, it was to the point where... Really, it felt like nobody would have had a chance to break him. I mean, he was serving regular aces. He was all it's over. It's almost unfair to take the lights out of a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, without the lights, the, the ball is literally just a dull shade of gray. Uh, very good. Very good. You've wounded me, sir. Um, yeah, but Aaron was awesome, and he hit the crap out of his forehand as usual. He looked really good. Claimed he had not played since ages ago, but to me, it looked like he'd been doing nothing but practicing. Uh, so that's going to wear off. So you think it's just beginner's luck? No, uh, no, I mean, it's one of those things where you come out and your stroke, you haven't played in a while, so your stroke seems unfamiliar to you and you're just a little looser and the shoulder feels uh, uh, well-rested. Um, no, he'll, he'll, he'll retreat back into his old ways of... Uh, uh, never mind. Aaron, you're great. <laughs> well, if he does, you better hope it happens quickly because week three. Oh, no. When do I play him? Week three. Oh, Jesus. Ross v. Kirschenfeld. And Ross, you have not played a match yet. No, do, I haven't. No fault of your own, really. But, um, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to be put to the, to the test right away. You've got Stephen Howell, who you were supposed to play this week, but that's been postponed. Um, yeah, sne- Stephen's come down with the sniffles. Let's all send, uh, uh, send him our uh, well wishes. Um, best wishes to you, Stephen. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Kirschenfeld, maybe maybe you should uh, 
date with destiny maybe you guys should play this weekend oh, um, that's an idea so uh, otherwise oh then we had the other match in the south in week one is Darren DeWalt um, over Gray Wilson again a pretty re- good match a repeat of a match from last year can't remember exactly oh no this was um, this was the cross divisional classic uh, match last year oh the, and, and, and it's where Darren took the clinched it for Klusterling took the cup the spittoon, yeah. Spittoon, yeah. And so again, he he beat Gray, but I was also at this match. This was the older one I saw right before Vincent was playing. Uh, it was really really good tennis. Gray was playing really well. Six four six three was the score, and uh, as Darren would concede, it really could have gone either way. They were on serve until four all in the first set um, when Darren got a finally got a break um, and uh, and closed out the set. And then I believe it was three one Gray. In the second, before Darren went on a, a huge run and closed out yep. the match, but Gray they, Gray made it a litigious battle, but uh, Darren with his surgical um, he was precision, clinical, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surgical <laughs> precision, exactly. Um, he's not a surgeon. Don't know why I keep saying that, but whatever. Uh, he could be if he wanted. I think if you put him on a surgery table, he'd do just fine, based on his tennis game, um, which is always how you should evaluate a surgeon. In my opinion, I'm just one man. That's how I do. Lord knows when I see my <laughs> primary care doctor, it's the only thing we talk about because he, man, never mind. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep going with that. He's talk. just a very, he, he just strikes me as a nice but kind of fake man. And like, you're it, talking about your primary care. My primary We're not care. talking about I'm Darren. I'm not talking about Darren. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, this guy made a note at one point on his, on, on my chart that I played tennis. So he shakes my hand and is like, how's the tennis going? All right. Everything's good. Give me some money. See yeah. you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's American insurance. At least he's just throwing in a little uh, personal, little flair for you. Yeah. Oh, your back hurts constantly. Uh, uh, I mean, you should really try stretching. Oh, you do? Well, great. Looks like <laughs> everything's on track here. Give me some money. All right. So um, those are the matches that have happened so far. And a few ones to look forward to that we haven't seen in week one. Jake's and Tanita, we still haven't seen. Um, oh, Marion Wing and David Bedore played too. I forgot that was the most recent. That happened yesterday uh, at Chapel Hill Tennis Club because Garrett was too crowded. Which you know, uh, a for effort for both Chapel of them. Con- country Club, Chapel Hill, David's Country Club, David's place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kudos to them for going the extra mile. One court was taken, so they found another. Um, David Bedore, his first match of the year, um, beat Marion six three six two. Um, you know, good match. It seems like. Uh, Thoughts That's a on solid that? win. Uh, I, you know, uh, uh, that's a four zero beating a four five, so it's a good win for for uh, DB. DB, and he takes on next. He takes on uh, ooh Sebastian Fangler, ooh, ooh, Hollow ooh. Rock versus the Country Club. Ah. This is going to be a good one. I wonder where they'll play. That is a. They, I, I think they should find some uh, synthetic grass to play on. Yes, <laughs> as, as as two uh, as two clay court guys. Clay court specialists. I do hope they play on clay. Um, all right, so that one's going to be good. Uh, and then just looking quickly, uh, I know you got to get going here within the next couple of minutes, Ivan. But we've got in week two, we've got Lucas and Aldrin. We've got Jake's Jake's Hieronymus. That's interesting. Uh, Hieronymus Horn battle there. Mm-hmm. Uh. Parker Sheridan and Paul Cox. Yeah, as you were saying, I think before when we were talking on G Chat, I think that is a um, a match where sort of we're going to be looking to see if Parker can consolidate what happened in Week One. Uh, Paul Cox is a great player coming off a win. Two undefeated players. 
So it's sort of like, uh, all right, let's see what you've got, Parker. Let's see, uh, let's see if this was week one was a fluke or if you're going to sort of throw down the, the sword and say, I'm the man to yeah, come and they're, to. They're, they're two guys who have been uh, in the same uh, tennis circles, some of the same USGA teams, but I'm not sure that they've uh, ever met each other, let alone played uh, or, or hit with each other. Right. Um, No follow-up there, just interested to see what happens. Yep, agreed. Uh, and then in the South, uh, DeWalt Burger, I think, is happening tonight, you said. Thursday night. Uh, yep, that's that was Sam's excuse this time for uh, refusing to, to play me. Wow, the, the old Ross Burger match. Is, I'm, I've been on tenor hooks for ten weeks or for two weeks waiting for that one. Um, DeWalt and Burger played last year, and I believe, am I wrong in saying that Darren took down Sam in the playoffs? Uh, that I don't remember. I do know they played a USTA match that Sam came out the victory. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, I, I keep making that same mistake. Um, but last year, of course, Darren, um, they were on a date with destiny, but TJ Newton took down Sam. Right. In the right, quarters. right. And Darren, Darren beat Sean Blazer, but then it was TJ who came through and of course faced you, uh, and lost to you. Bull City Piper, Ivan Ross. Um, that's my name. What else we got, my friend? Are we, uh, basically good? Uh, yeah, we're good. I mean, we can do, you know, we got a couple minutes if you want to do anything else. Um, we had a bit planned where we were going to read from an old tennis instructional manual from 1916, but I believe I have lost it (laughs) and (laughs) nobody's fault, but my own, I apologize. No one wants to delve into that history. Um, let me see if I can quickly go back and find it. It's unlikely. I'm just going to say this now. Um, well, okay, so let's forget that. That's not going to happen. But, hey, you want to talk about the success of the phone roster? <laughs> what an exciting oh, time. wow. We have got 20... How many How many 919s we got? Well, we got 23 numbers, and of those, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 of 23, so just less Ooh, than half. Yeah. Uh, how do you like that? Yeah. Good stuff. And then um, otherwise, uh, a quick look at the standings. Obviously, there's not much you can tell right away. But based on results, it's Al Pick, David Bedore, and Lawrence Isaacs at the top of the table in Lemoyne North. Um, do you expect that to, to stay, or are we going to see some, uh, some shakeups in that before long? Uh, unpredictable. Aldrin, Parker, Paul Cox at the top at 1-0 in Clusterling North. Um, I think like yeah, I don't see anyone uh, uh, <laughs> <There's> no <laughs> winning another match in that division. There's no one lurking <laughs> named Chris Jakes uh, in fourth place currently. And then uh, Clusterling South, it's DeWalt and Stark, two Southern Village guys who, um, who you know, we expect probably to see staying close to the top of that division. And then, of course, we talked about Lemoyne South, Black Kirschenfeld Blazer with a young Ivan Ross lurking in the shadows. Yep. Just a week out from 37 years of age. Oh, wow. Happy birthday in advance from me and the entire Bull City Winter Tennis community. Thank you, guys. It really means a lot. We were going to do a surprise party, but now that we've said it on the podcast, I feel like we've kind of covered that ground. And now I'm going to be even more surprised when I walk into that surprise party. (laughs) Well, I will be in Ireland for your birthday, um, and Ivan will be taking over next week. So, sir... I suppose we can uh, say goodbye for episode two of the Bull City Winter Tennis Podcast. Any concluding thoughts? Uh, 
let's see. We, we need a quick uh, uh, this day in Bull City Winter Tennis League history. Let's okay. uh, dig into the history books back to 1928 when Gentleman Jim Lane won the championship. Actually, you've written quite a bit on Gentleman Jim Lane. Have I? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Well, let, let's. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to read this? this? Oh boy. This oh my God. This was. A bit, let's let's summarize. Quite a while. Wait. Are you sure you didn't write this? I, I am certain you wrote that one. All right. Well, here's the deal. Cleveland. Maybe Adam, we should pick a different year. Uh, uh, someone whose uh, history does not precede him. Oh, you so know we can what? Just make it up on the spot. Well, here. No, I I think gentleman Jim Lane um, is worth talking about because the nickname gentleman was a bit ironic. He was the son of a gentleman, a son of a pastor, it looks like. And he was a great disappointment to his father. He had heightened strength, but he was sort of like a prodigal son. He was a real crazy person. But he eventually got it together for one year. And then once he was done with that year, he won the title. His coach was like, we're going to be, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep doing this. And he said, absolutely not. Um, and then let's see, what was the fate of Jim Lane? He was a bloated shadow of his former self by 1930. People loved him. He loved the people back, but he was no more than a clown prince. Uh, he drank himself straight into an early grave by 1941. Mm. Uh, but he was coherent enough in his final hours to dictate his epitaph. Here lies a man who loved himself, but not for very long. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Gentleman Jim Lane. <laughs> I have no memory of writing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it goes on. Uh, the... Um uh, I, I, I think Gentleman Jim Lane in that regard is a model for us all. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Everybody, have a great week. Good luck out there on the courts. Ivan, pleasure as always. Hit him hard. Oh, oh. Oh. Hello. Wow. Hello. Oh, it's mind-boggling tennis. It's the ring. Oh, my God. <laughs>